This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. What the Lord had in mind, God had in mind for His Son when He sent Him to this earth. So I want to look at the purpose for which God was sent on this earth. And let's look at verse number 11 again. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior. You notice it didn't say a babe, a baby. But it said a Savior that is Christ the Lord. So there was no getting around who we're talking about here. And as we think about the message that was sent to earth along with the Savior, and that message was that he would bring, verse number 10, good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Aren't you glad that Christ didn't come for just one kind of people? Just one set of people? Not even His chosen people, just them. Not even people that are rich or poor. or It doesn't matter. The thing is, a Savior had been born and sent to this earth for us. The angel said, you're going to find this baby, and that baby's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes, and that baby's going to be laying in a manger. And we'll talk about that manger a little bit more. But the message from God is this. I'm giving you a Savior. That's what the world needs to know today. That there's a Savior. Someone who has come and died for them so that they may have life. They may have sins forgiven. They may have things that they need straightening out in their life. And we can go to a Savior that can do that. I think there's many times we lose the sight of what Christmas is all about. You know, it's nothing wrong with seeing a sweet little baby in a manger. And, you know, we've got that up here in the baptistry. You can see the sweet little baby laying in the manger. And that's, that's all part of seeing what happened there. But what about that sweet little baby? What about that one that came? I mean, if we really grasped what was happening here, that's God in the flesh that came down to this earth. He didn't have to do that, but thank God he did. And he came not to, so that people could decorate for Christmas and put up all these lights and do all the celebrating and say all these wonderful things, but he came so that people would know he was the Savior of the world. And I think about it, God didn't place our gift under the tree He placed our gift on a tree. And that's the greatest gift we could have of all. That we could have Jesus in our hearts and share the Lord with other people. Christ on the cross. Christmas is really about a Savior. So therefore, I want to say this morning, the original Christmas tree is the cross. It really is. Perhaps a People don't like that. People don't like to talk about what happened on the cross. Oh, it's too bloody. It's too violent. It's too all these things that they talk about. And, you know, we wear the beautiful little necklaces around with, with the, with the symbol of, of the crucifix on it. And many times it's, it's painted as a beautiful scene that took place. But we know that what really happened on the cross was a gruesome thing. It was a horrible thing, but it was for us. Amen. 
And a lot of people think it's too graphic to imagine, but <clears throat> it's the truth. If we're going to preach the gospel, we, we definitely can't leave out the cross. And so let's make no mistake about it. The whole reason for Christmas, the whole reason that we can look back to the birth of that child laying in a manger is that he ended up being the Savior of the world, not just a baby. You know, a lot of folks want to keep him right there like that. They want to keep him as a baby one time a year, baby Jesus in the manger. That's sweet. That's wonderful. But after that, I'm not concerned about anything else. I don't want to talk about anything else that Jesus did. I'm not interested in what the other reasons, that the main reason that he came. We can't keep him as a babe in a manger. The gift God gave us was not just a simple babe born in a manger, but it was a Savior to come and fix broken lives of people that are in this world. And I'll tell you one thing, we've got a lot of broken people in this world. You and I were broken. We were born in sin. We were broken. We needed a Savior. You remember the day you accepted the Lord. We needed Him. We are all familiar with John 3, 16 and hopefully 17, but have you really read that Scripture over and over again and looked at what it says? For God so loved the world, that's you and I. That's everyone that's in the world. That He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm thankful that He was given. We talk about giving gifts to one another at Christmas time. But the greatest gift that could ever been given was when God sent His Son and gave it to the world. It didn't cost us a thing. Cost the Lord Jesus everything. But verse 17 says, God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. But the reason is here, that the world through Him might be saved. You know, you got to remember, we, we would have no message if it wasn't for Jesus. What kind of hope can we give people? Oh, you, you'll get along, you'll get through this. Oh, everything will be, oh, luck will be on your side sooner or later. Oh, don't worry, this will pass and everything will be all right. That's not going to cut it with people that are hurting and broken. They need hope. You can see it in people's eyes. And the only hope is in Jesus. So we, we don't keep Him in a manger. We don't even keep Him on the cross. But He's a living Savior. But I, I was so reminded when I saw that cross and the, and the manger scene together, I said, you know, there, there's, a, there's a message here. There's a lesson here that we can talk about because lives are broken because of sin, but they're repaired because of the love of God. I wonder this morning, and I, I, I probably know the answer to this, you don't have to think very long about someone's life that's broken. I guarantee you, you know somebody, you probably remember yourself going through some times in your life when your life has just broken down. You're just facing so many things and, and you know of people that are in the same way, a son or a daughter or a mother, father or a friend or a neighbor. Or it could just be anybody that, that you know. When you talk to them, you can tell that they just have a broken life and they need fixing. They need hope. They need something 
to pick them up and realize that there's, that there's hope in this life, but it's through Christ. Psalms 147.3. I want you to look at, look at that scripture there on the board because this is a good verse about the brokenhearted. It says, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He healeth. You know, let's think about this. When I'm sick physically, when I got something going on, you got something going on, a lot of this stuff's been going on, people coughing and carrying on and things are happening, respiratory problems. Where do we end up? We end up going to the doctor. And we have said to the doctor, listen, you, you, you got to see what's happening here. I'm tired of what's happening in, in my body and, and you need to help me. You can tell me what's going on and then you need to prescribe some medicine that will help me get better. Would you do that? The doctor says, he'll do his best. He'll prescribe that medicine and we'll get to where we need the pharmacy to pick it up and we can't wait to get started on it because it's going to help us. We got faith that that's going to help us get better and many times it does. But think about it spiritually with people. Where do they run to? Where do we run to when, we're, when we need help in our lives? We need to go to the best doctor I know and that's Jesus. And as we fall on our knees and as we pray to Him and we ask Him, Lord, this is what's happening in my life and I, I need some help and I need you to, to do something in my life. And you guess what? He's going to prescribe something for you. He's going to say, you know what? You go to my word and you read it. You study it. You read it again. You see why I'm speaking to you and you abide by that word. And you keep on praying. You keep on talking to me. You keep on staying in touch with me. And guess what? You're going to get better. We will. So as we have as much faith in the doctors here on the earth, we ought to even have more faith in Christ that He can give us what we need. I'm grateful for Jesus today. I'm thankful for the original Christmas tree that brings restoration to broken lives. Every one of us have been broken at some point. We've had something happen at some point, and we have depended on the Lord to put us back together again, to help us. How many of us have been putting up a Christmas tree in your home and we drop one of those ornaments? And they're so they're made so thin, most of them are. When they hit the floor, that's it. They're broken. And it's no, I mean, they're in a hundred pieces, it looks like. And it's no picking it up and trying to glue it and fix it back together. I mean, it's just an ornament. We'll sweep it up, throw it in the trash. Aren't you thankful Jesus doesn't do that to us? We, we fall many times and we, we, we are broken, but you know what? We find out that God will restore us and help us and pull us back together again and make us a vessel of honor for Him. That old song says, He doesn't throw the clay away, but He puts you back on the potter's wheel, and He begins to mold you and shape you and get you going again, get you back to where you need to be, where you can be that vessel of honor for Him. We are a precious ornament in God's creation. Yes, we can be broken by sin, but thank goodness He died for that sin. And He's able to restore us. 
I want to think more about the Christmas tree for just a moment. If you had to choose a part of the tree that would seem like it's the most maybe insignificant or the most plain part of it, the most humble part of the tree, what would it be? I think about these Christmas tree farms as I go by them and see all the trees out there. Maybe you went and purchased a live tree. And we, we walk into that Christmas tree farm and we, we look at that tree and, and we, we almost go to looking at the fullness of the tree and how big it is and the branches and how everything is going. But you know what's important is that the trunk of the tree is in good shape. And we, we hardly can, can see the trunk of the tree because of all the branches. And that seems to be like just the plain part of the tree, the insignificant part of the tree. But if we don't have a good, solid trunk, if we don't have something to hold up those beautiful branches, then it's of, of no good. But as we think about the trunk of the tree, I want to say it would probably be, even the, though it seems plain, though it seems humble, we want to associate it with Christ and His coming to this earth. In every Christmas tree, there seems to be three parts of it. The trunk of the tree, and then the center part with all the branches, and then we see the pinnacle or the top of the tree, which reminds me of the most celebrated place of the tree. But it's also true with the life of Christ. I think we need to never forget the humbleness of His birth. You know, the angel said, yes, you'll find Him. You'll not find Him on a beautiful plush palace. You'll not find Him in a nice bed. You'll not find Him somewhere that most common people can't come to. But what did they say? You'll find Him laying in a manger. What is a manger? It's a feeding trough, for goodness sakes. It's, it's a place where animals can step up to and feed out of. And, and where was he at? He was in a stable because there was no room anywhere else. How many times have people, they just don't have room for Christ today. They, they, don't, they got too many things going on in their life. But here we find the the, the king of kings laying in a feeding trough. And by the way, I begin to think about that. It started off with wood and it ended with wood on the cross. But we find that here's the, here's the king of kings in a feeding trough, which was, by the way, feeding animals. And look what Jesus came to do. He came to be the bread of life to feed others. John 6.51 I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh. And I will give for the life of the world. So he came down in that verse in a lowly manger. But it says he gave his flesh on the cross. And he gave it for the life of the world. So this was a, a humble cradle of Christ's birth, but yet so important. Virgin born. 
and yet so important. I don't want to dismiss the cradle, the manger. I don't want to dismiss the part of the lowly, humble birth. I look at the Christmas tree. I don't want to dismiss the trunk of it. I want to be sure it's sturdy. I want to be sure that it's good to hold up that tree. It's not rotten at the bottom, is it? No, it's, it's in good shape. So let us not forget the manger and what took place there, the humble birth. Then we begin to see the center part of the tree, the fullness of the tree. And we see the fullness of God's beautiful love at the cross. Christ gave His life for you and for me. That's the fullness of God's love. Psalm 16.11 spoke about it. Thou will show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. There's a lot of people that will have no joy at Christmas time because their, their life is miserable. They don't have Christ. They have no hope. But yet, there's, there's fullness of joy. And then we see the crown, the high point of God's reign and rule over life and death. I'm so thankful when Christ died on the cross, He wasn't defeated on the cross, but He conquered the cross. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He showed Himself to be King of kings and Lord of lords. And there on the true cross of Christmas, He conquered the things that we could never do and gave us life there. 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ also hath once suffered for the sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So we consider these parts of the tree, and I found it very interesting as we compare it to Christ. The humble cradle, the manger of our Lord. This Christmas, remember the humbleness of Jesus coming to us, placed in that wooden manger because there was no room for Him in the end. Jesus came to us in a very humble form, and that's important. He did come to us as a child. Those scriptures and Luke talked about it, that as they were there, the days were accomplished that Mary delivered that child and she brought forth her firstborn son and laid him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And we got to realize here, the humbleness means that anyone can come to Christ. You know, a lot of people's views are here in the world are that Okay, you're a Christian, that makes you much better than I am, and you're so spiritual, and that, that's not the message we're trying to get across to people in the world. I'm no better than anyone else out there, except I'm just a sinner saved by grace of God. And so I could walk up to anyone and say, listen, Christ can save you. Christ can forgive you. Christ can give you life. Well, what's that going to cost me? Not a thing. You just got to come to the Lord. We have to come humbly before Him. You think about it. That message that was proclaimed came to shepherds. Did you know the shepherds were the most lowly occupation? 
Why, why didn't God decide to send that holy message, that wonderful message to somebody, the Pharisees or someone who had a lot of money or someone else? Why, why didn't he do that? Because he's trying to show us. I came to those humble shepherds out here on the hillside and gave them the most important message that I could give that there's a Christ child that's born. And you're able to go and find that child. So we might say it's, it's a weak form that God came as a babe, but God was bringing about anything but weak. It was the strong power of God laid in humbly in a manger. And he did that in order so that anyone could come and receive him. We must come humbly before the Lord. This Christmas, remember that humble cradle. But not only that, let's remember the cross. Jesus came to earth to do the will of the Father. Remember what He prayed there in the garden? Not my will, but thine be done. That's how the Son honored the Father by being obedient to His will. You know, as you look at the Christmas tree this year, I hope it reminds you of something that you probably never thought of, and that's the obedience that Jesus had by going to the cross. You know, we sang that old song many times, He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set Him free. That, that's, not a, that's not a fairy tale. He could have done that. I could almost see the angels waiting on the brink there. It's just, is He going to call us? Well, we're ready to go. We hate to see this happening down there. We're, we're, gonna, we're ready. And Jesus could have done it so easily. But we see that He did not do that. He obeyed His Father's will. He honored His Father by placing His life on the original Christmas tree, and that's the cross. I wonder, when we think about everything that Jesus did for us, how obedient are we to Him? Shame on us when we tell the Lord, well, I, I can't do that, Lord, because and here we go with all our excuses. I don't think there's an, an excuse that we can't do something for God. We can be obedient to Him. Philippians reminds us that Jesus came humbly, human form, and He was fully obedient to honoring His Father. Look at Philippians 2.8 being found in fashion as a man. Look at this. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. How hard was that to do that? To, to be humbled himself. First of all, just to, just to leave the portals of glory and all that he had up there to come down to this old earth. But he did it. He humbled himself. Not to even mention coming in the form of a babe. Could, could Christ have showed up in the form of a man? Yeah. But then we wouldn't have the virgin birth. We wouldn't have the conception by the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't have all these things that people needed to know took place. They didn't believe Him as it was, but all these miraculous things, they, they couldn't deny those things that took place. So, He was obedient unto death, 
And he didn't stop there in the manger. He didn't stop when he came to the cross. It was his humble cradle, his obedience to the Father on the cross, and that's what makes the celebration of Christmas possible. Now beyond the cross of Christmas, that original Christmas tree, we find those sweet words, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. Isaiah 7.14 uses that word, Emmanuel. Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. What does that mean? Most of us know that. Emmanuel means God with us. I mean, I mean, do you get that? That God came down to earth to be with us. <laughs> How can we not give our life to Him? How can we not serve Him and love Him? And not only did He come to give His life for us, but He's gone to prepare a place for us. I mean, if we just had our life on this earth and it's over with, you know, how much rejoicing could we do? I'm rejoicing that I'm a child of God down on this earth and the blessings He gives me and the things that He helps me with and over and over again. But then in the back of my mind, I'm guess what? I'm listening for that trumpet. So just any day now, that trumpet's going to sound and we're going to be out of here. And if we don't go by the trumpet, we go by the grave, guess what? You ain't going to lay there either. You're going to come up out of there. Because why? He's prepared a place for us that where He is, there I may be also. That's wonderful news, isn't it? The Christmas, Christmas, I hope you remember the humbleness of the cradle, the manger, the trunk of the tree. And then the honoring cross, the fullness that really we put the lights on and we see the fullness. You know, wouldn't, it, wouldn't a tree be, <laughs> can you imagine what it would look like without the branches on it? That'd be a Charlie Brown tree, wouldn't it? Got just one on it. Boy, that looked kind of plain, doesn't it? But man, those branches, and we start fluffing them up and pulling them out and and putting those lights and ornament, boy, just, just comes to life. And that's the way Christ wants us to be. As Christians, we get, we're, we're born again, and then the, because of the fullness of Christ, He wants to bless us spiritually every day. He wants, to, wants us to grow and be, have that fullness of Christ in our own life. So then we talk about the pinnacle of the tree or the the top of the tree. Most, a lot of people will hang, will hang all kind of special things right on the top of the tree. And our eyes kind of go right on up to the top of the tree. I call that the heavenly crown. You know, do you remember the question that King, King Herod was asked by the wise men as they were on their quest to find Jesus? We'll look at it in Matthew two, chapter two, verse one and two. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. And in verse 2 it says, saying, here they are, where is he that is born king of the Jews? 
for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. You notice that they didn't say, where is that baby at? That we can go find him and worship him. They already were looking for a king. Where is he that's born king of the Jews? They didn't ask to find the baby. So Jesus really is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords and his crown of heaven and earth. Colossians, I want to take time as we're, time is running out here, but Colossians 1, look at verse 15. Pay attention to some of these words in in these scriptures here. Colossians 1 and verse number 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones, dominion, principalities, powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. That means they just keep going by the Lord. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have have the preeminence. For it pleaseth the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, look at this, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Jesus is the king of kings. That's why he wears the crown. Other kings, I heard a song the other day, it said other kings will lay down their crowns before him. Because there's only one King of kings and Lord of lords. And by those verses right there, everything was created by him, for him, and everything consists by him. He rules and wears the heavenly crown. He sent a Savior, broken as we were, through his work on the cross, the original Christmas tree made us whole. If you trusted in him, you know, people can can look at the manger and say, well, I know what it means. I mean, it means that there's a babe in the manger. Jesus came to earth. But that doesn't mean they, they have accepted him in the heart. And we can even look at the cross. Like I said, we can wear it around our neck. We can have it on our Bible cover. We can have it a number of places, but that doesn't mean everyone that has the symbol of the cross knows what it means and what Christ did there. But don't miss the greatest gift of Christmas. The humble cradle, yes. The honoring cross, the obedience of Christ there, but don't forget the heavenly crown. And as I said before, the greatest gift was laid upon Not under the cross, not under the tree, but laid on the tree. I'm glad I can serve the King of kings and Lord of lords today. I'm glad he's in my heart. I'm glad he did all of this because he loved me that much. Aren't you thankful for the original Christmas tree? (laughs) 
So I found it interesting when I compared the Christmas tree that we have at Christmas to the real Christmas tree, and that's the cross. I hope we never forget what really Christmas is all about. Amen. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.